Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another week of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here, joined once again by Dan Terhar and AJ Fredrickson. How you boys doing today? Hey, good, good, good. How's it going, AJ? Uh, it's going good. Hey, another another week that we get to have Minnesota United soccer on the air. So can't uh, can't complain too much. Absolutely cannot. We will discuss. We got plenty to discuss this week. We've got. Uh, Minnesota beating Vancouver 2-0 coming up. We've got playoff preview coming up. Uh, Not just Minnesota's playoff preview, but the entire MLS Cup playoff preview because there's plenty coming up in that department over the next month or so, or less than a month, I guess, because the final is on, what, November 7th, I believe. I had to take a check at that. Uh, World Cup's coming up. And then we've got quite the review on the predictor. And then uh, everybody decided this season for Write That Down to just save all of their picks for the last week of the season for them to come true. And boy, do we have a lot to go through. I think we have over 30 predictions come off the board this week. So (laughs) we have quite a few things to discuss this week. It is going to be epic. So (laughs) no apologies needed because I had the most come off the board. So uh, I should be the one who's sorry. So uh, let's jump right into this, guys. Minnesota 2, Vancouver 0. And let me start off with this question because we talked about it a couple weeks ago, what we wanted to see from this side before the playoffs hit. Obviously, we didn't see that against San Jose in that uh, forgettable performance or lack thereof performance. But a 2-0 shutout, their first clean sheet since July against D.C. United, and they looked good doing it. It didn't feel like a fluke. They 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 handled Vancouver pretty pretty well on Sunday afternoon. I think for me, that's what I wanted to see going into the playoffs. What about you guys? Well, I, I, the result was what I wanted. You know, a clean sheet is what you would hope for. Um, they scored more than one goal, you know, you, that you kind of wanted to get that going a little bit. I was a little surprised that I, I guess I was hoping for a little more intensity, a little more fire. Um, I think they played very well. Um, and they seemed very calm and poised the whole match. I liked that part of it. I still was looking for looking for just a little bit more, uh, you know, energy out of them. Uh, but they they got the job done, and I think Vancouver pushed back. You know, as we expected, they came in thinking they had a real shot at winning that because of the way they've been playing lately. And so it wasn't like I don't feel like they beat a bad team. I think they beat a you know a mediocre team that that was playing really well at the time. So, um. I liked the 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 consistency of play throughout. They weren't up and down all over the place. They it was a really pretty solid 90, 90 minutes. And I just think going uh, the net going forward from here, uh, now you're you know you're officially in the playoffs now. And I think there's got to be just a little more fire, a little more intensity. So um, that's the only thing I would say. That's if looking for a negative, that would be it for me. No, I, I I like what you said about uh, it looked like they were poised and composed. It looked like a team that that had a plan, and that was something that Dan, you and I talked about this last week um, on the show. But it 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 didn't really appear to have uh, this team knew what their game plan was the past few weeks or even a month or so now. Where it's are we a high attacking? We're going to leave it all on the you know on the final third, or are we going to park the bus and sit back and try to grind out a one nil? Uh, one nil win or uh, something like that. Um, th- this was a team that looked like they had 
everybody knew their role. Everybody knew their job. They practiced exactly what they needed to do throughout the week. And they were honed in and very focused on accomplishing a certain task. They, they yeah. got into the playoffs and maybe that's something that they knew they could do and execute well against that Vancouver side. Will it work? And will we see more of the same in the playoffs? That's, you know, to be seen, but uh, I, it, they got the job done. They, they did what I think everybody was hoping they would do. Um, I, I wasn't super confident after the past two weeks, especially last week when, um, you know, they, they dropped on the road. It, it didn't look like a team that was going to be able to come back, regroup, and pick up a very important three points to secure a playoff position. Um, so the fact that they were able to do that and they did it in it, they, they control most of the game, I, in my opinion. Um, they, they look good. I don't think it was maybe like this. It wasn't an A-plus performance by any means, but it, it was well above average and a, a, a nice splash of water to the face for what we've seen from this team for the past few weeks. So um, overall, I'm happy with the win, as I, I, I think it'd be hard to be upset about it. But um, there's still a little bit to be desired, and we'll have to see if uh, some of that stuff maybe emerges here heading into the first round. I, I think AJ just to bounce off that they played confidently. They they never yeah. you know they didn't play like a team that was coming in off of uh, a, a six match run where they just looked terrible. Uh, they played just kind of kind of confident and relaxed, which is great. But it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, it felt like a team uh, for me. I think the it felt like a team that, as you mentioned, was confident, and that's that kind of rose up from the fact that their defense felt the most solid it's felt in a very long time. It feels like in six weeks time, it feels like since they lost Bakaita Bossi, this is the most solid that defense has felt. Vancouver really never tested goal. The only time, the closest they ever came was the offside shot from Brian White that just rung off the crossbar. Other than that, Dane St. Clair made a couple big saves, but they never really were saves where it felt like he had to stretch out and dive out and, and really make, make a big meal of it to get to the save. Other than that, it felt like a very solid defensive performance for me in that two nil, that two nil win on Sunday. Yeah. Good, good point. Uh, I agree. That's the best that that back four has looked since Bakai DeBasi went out. And uh, I thought Brent Coleman was, was probably had his best match of the season. And uh, Michael Boxel was the same old Michael Boxel. So yeah, that, that's a big positive too, going forward on the road where, you know, in the, in the uh, playoffs goals are even tougher to come by. You want your defense playing sharp. So, um, yeah, it was a great tune-up for the playoffs. Yeah, Brent Coleman earning Team of the Week honors. Franco Fragapane on the bench for Team of the Week. Fragapane getting his seventh goal of the season, I believe. And then Correct. Jonathan Gonzalez getting his first goal as a loon, both well-taken goals. Uh, I liked Gonzalez's goal because it took a lot of concentration because it was a cross-in from Rosales, and the ball takes a weird deflection. And Gonzalez is just right there in the perfect area, just where you would want a midfielder coming in late into that box, and he strikes it well past uh, Thomas Hassall for the second goal of the game. And it really felt like with that goal, especially in the second half, where the first half, it was the the crowd was on everything. The crowd was on top of Vancouver, just not letting them have a, a second to breathe. The crowd was loud. But then the second half started, and there was this nervousness in the stadium, it felt like. It was very quiet to start the second half. There wasn't any chance, and it felt like the crowd, and I said this, I think on another podcast yesterday that it felt like the crowd was going Minnesota sports on it. It felt like they were (laughs) expecting something to go wrong. 
And it stayed like that until Jonathan Gonzalez scored his goal. And then after that, it became, as Dan said on the call, a party atmosphere. And everybody started realizing, okay, this ain't going against us. This team is on top of it. The defensively, they are all over Vancouver, not letting a mishmash of a formation after Vancouver made pretty much every offensive substitution they could think of, taking off every defensive player they could think of, and just not having a formation, just throwing everything at the wall. And it felt really like that second goal from Jonathan Gonzalez kind of solidified everything. And it obviously it did, but it felt like that in the stadium as well, Dan. Yeah, good goal for good goal for the kid that's just trying to, you know, find a way to to settle with a team and 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 get back to the form that he had in the past where he was considered one of the best prospects. Um it, there was a lot going on around him on that goal and you're right, he he stayed focused. It wasn't as easy as a goal as you might think with the with the angle the ball came in at him from, with the pace on the ball. He had a goalkeeper coming out, he had defenders all over, you know. He he wasn't like wide open. He just found a smart play. He found a little pocket of space and and uh, was able to get the ball in there. So, yeah, that was a good goal, and that did change everything. And I think you're right. It was the, okay, buckle up, here we go. Uh, you know, stoppage time, and they're going to get some chances, and we aren't out of the woods yet. Although it felt like a two-goal lead because a tie still would have gotten us to where yeah. we are right now. Um, but, yeah, that once when that goal went in, it was like, oh, man, we can we can actually relax for a minute and and enjoy this. So it was it was a good it was a good finish. It was good to give the kid a goal. I, I was a little surprised when he put him in. Adrian obviously has a lot of uh, a lot of confidence in him. Um, we haven't seen that much, but obviously he must be doing some things right in training uh, to be put in in a big spot like that. Yeah, the kid's got talent. I mean. There's no denying that there's there's a reason why the U.S. and Mexico were fighting over this kid. Why he went to Monterey as I think a 21 year old or a ni- no a 19 year old. 19. My, Monterey is one of if not the biggest club in Mexico. So yeah. they poached him I think from the L.A. Galaxy Academy at one point. So this kid's a kid who has talent. It's just the last couple of years it dropped off. Uh, AJ, I want to start with here with you on this uh, this point. Robin Wood, right back into the lineup after a couple weeks out. And he slots into the midfield because Kervin Arriaga was out uh, due to yellow card accumulation. We've, we've heard enough of that for this season to be done with that forever. Uh, hopefully <laughs> we don't have to deal with that much next season because I am done dealing with yellow card accumulations after this season. Uh, oh, but Robin Lutz slotted in and he was immediately the player of the game all over the field. He was all over on tackles and then getting the ball quickly into offense. He was the reason why the loons looked so good. Yeah, it's incredible what, I mean, we talk about what Emmanuel Reynoso does for the team so often, and I think it overlooks and overshadows what Robin Ludd does because he comes in and he is just so versatile. He can play as that attacking winger if needed, or he can play as that kind of playmaking, distributing, uh, you know, forward midfielder, or if you want to play box to box, he's able to do it on the back end as well, and he's able to break up those attacking runs or get back on a on a counterattack. Um, he just is so well-rounded at a lot of the facets of the game to where, he, I mean, he, he's not, I'm not going to say that, you know, the standout because it is Reynoso who is the standout star on the team, mm-hmm. but Robin Ludd has shown just how much of a corner piece, like a cornerstone he is for this team and how just versatile he is, how vital he is to making things just run smoothly. Um, because when he was out, I mean, uh, stuff was shaky things. The, the road was rocky for this team. And now you drop him back in 
I mean, a healthy Robin Lud or even 90% Robin Lud is probably going to be better than a lot of guys on their best day. So um, it, it's awesome to have him back. Um, and it was great to see him out there. And like you said, the immediate effect that was just oh so, oh so visual that um, that immediate impact that he brings is just such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, he uh, he set the tone early. I mean, we talk a lot about how uh, if you can control the uh, the middle third of the pitch uh, and don't allow the other uh, team to have any any success and complete passes in that middle third, you, you control the flow of the game. And early on, he did just that. I mean, he intercepted three passes in the first couple of minutes and made his presence. No, the question I have, Jonathan, I'll throw back at you. Do you yep. leave him in that mid position or do you move him back up front with the return? of uh Kervin Ariaga. That's to me that's a big question. Uh if I'm going for a playoff switch here just to change things up and throw FC Dallas for a loop, mm-hmm. I keep Robin Lud in that midfield position but also bring back Kervin Ariaga, go with the 4-3-3 and move Emmanuel uh. Neuso out to the right because we saw they did that a little bit with Robin Lud still on the field. They just had him park out wide right in the midfield three, and he would get forward a little bit when Emmanuel Reynoso tucked in. I think that's a nice opportunity or option that you can have because I like uh, Robin Lud in the midfield. He's been more effective this season or more meaningful for this team this season as a midfielder, which is weird to say because he last season he was outstanding <laughs> as one of the best or as this team's right wing. But this season he has been outstanding in that midfield role, just changing things. He uses his physicality well to get the ball back and get the ball upfield quicker than Will Trapp or Kervin Ariaga do. So I like him in that midfield role. I keep him there and I go 4-3-3. It's a, it's a formation this team has used in the past. And I don't see why you couldn't do it in the playoffs because it works for them with the players they have. And if it doesn't work after the first 15 minutes, guess what? Everybody on the field can play in the four, two, three, one. You just have Robin Lud go up a little bit higher and yeah. and you just change formations in the middle of the game without having to change personnel. I'd start off with the four, three, three, see if it could work. It gives you, you another, were, it gives you another man in the, the midfield to control the game. You're a, you're a gunslinger. You're just crazy. It's <laughs> ready to, I, I mean, think, it's the playoffs. It's, it's one and done. Why not just throw it out there and see if it works? If it I think, I think you should, you should bring that up in the, uh, write that down. Uh, I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I sense you want me to do that because you want an easy uh, single. So uh, not yeah. I would say most uh, managers at this point in the season don't say, let's just mix it up for the playoffs. The playoffs, playoff soccer in MLS is much different than regular season soccer. Yeah. We've seen no, that it for is. years where the Red Bulls try and play the same kind of Red Bull soccer they play in the regular season. They try and play that in the playoffs and it just doesn't work. You have to be a little bit more defensive, a little bit more cautious. And the 4-3-3 kind of lends to that more mm-hmm. so than the 4-2-3-1 because it gives you more control in that midfield, AJ. I wouldn't be opposed to them running out with the, the standard 4-2-3-1 and just trying to run, run, run Dallas out of their shoes. Get an early goal. Cause then you make that, maybe then you make that shift to the 4-3-3. You have two guys who can drop back deep almost within the the back line and you just play that defensive. If you can get an early goal against Dallas, we've seen how this team likes to settle in defensively after going up early. The, the, the thing there is you have to have the right personnel and I'm not sure they have on those other games where they've tried to settle back in yeah. and then they concede late. Um, yeah. But if you can let guys run 
and maybe you can bag one in the first 25, 30 minutes and just in the halftime, and then you come out, maybe you make that substitution early in the second half, but you just realign guys at like in, at the halftime whistle. You come out and you just have this, you're almost rocking two center defensive mids. So you're all, it's, it's, it's almost like you're playing six at the back, but not really, if you, if you get what I'm saying, um, just, it, I would like to see them be aggressive early this, uh, Monday, um, try to get one early and then try to control the game as much as possible with that midfield that you have so much talent there passing it around, killing time, taking minutes off the clock, and then maybe trying to make a strike. Um, but yeah, no, I I like your idea about maybe starting with the four three three and then to the four two three one. I almost would say flip flop that. I I would here's what I would say. I I I would have no problem with a four three three. All I want to see is I want the best eleven players on the pitch, and either Jonathan's way or moving Robin Lud back up to uh, to the wing and then putting Kervin Ariaga. Either one of those two scenarios gets out what I think is your best 11 players on the pitch at the start of the match. So I think that's what's important. Yeah. Uh, Since we're already talking kind of what we expect or want to see the Loons do next Monday night, 8.30 p.m. on 1500 ESPN, uh, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app, Jonathan, or myself. Uh, Callum Williams and Kendra D. St. Alban will be on the call for that one as I almost go third person on it. Uh, Dan's taking the night off. For the Monday, the late night Monday night game, he's a little tired during the week, so we can't pass. It's past my bedtime. Yeah, it's past your bedtime. That one, <laughs> even if you didn't I'm do going, the game from home, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it and and for once I can yell and cuss and swear like AJ gets to <laughs> at the game. And I never I never get to do that. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, you could have done it. I mean, it's it would have been you and me hosting. It's not like we got to do anything during the game. <laughs> Our mics are not. <laughs> Uh, so next Monday night, Minnesota travels down to FC Dallas for the first round of the MLS cup playoffs. Uh, it is their first trip down to Dallas since earlier this season when they got a two, one win in Frisco, Texas, uh, thanks to goals by, I believe Robin Lud and DJ Taylor in that one to give them a two nil lead. Paul Ariola scored a couple minutes after the second goal went in, uh, to make it a two, one game. And that's where I would finish on that night. But then Dallas came back up to Minnesota in September, got a 3-0 win, all three of those goals coming in three minutes' time when the defense just absolutely collapsed. It was, <laughs> was one of the more memorable three minutes of soccer that we've had this season. Uh, but, boys, the thing that concerns me a little bit and doesn't concern me for different reasons as well, FC Dallas at home, they are undefeated in their last seven, but Minnesota down in Dallas are unbeaten in their last three. So what's going to break yeah. here? I think I, I I think this is a good matchup for Minnesota. I mean, if, if yeah. you told me that we we're going on the road the first round of the playoffs, you know, a month or two ago, I'm going to Dallas. I would have said, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, we won down there already this year. We've we've been doing very well uh, down there uh, the last couple of years. And I don't the the three the three nil loss uh, up it was at uh, Allianz. I, to me, that's like okay. That was in a that was in the dark period, and you just forget that. You know that, <laughs> that never happened. There's an asterisk by those. Okay, those didn't happen because um, there was something very wrong that we don't we still don't quite understand. Um, but I, that doesn't concern me. So I I like this matchup. I think we'll go down there. I think these guys will be uh, will go in there fairly confident that they can pull off the first round upset. Yeah, I've it, of all the places they could have traveled, I think just like you had said, Jonathan, based on the history, 
this might be the most friendly non-friendly confines that they could have gone to um i I don't know what it is about frisco but it seems like they just kind of have that number in dallas they've been good at home as of late but uh minnesota i think they i think they have them figured out despite splitting the season series one one um i think they have dallas in their notebook the way they want them just because the three minutes or so that it was here at home they uh it, they they simply forgot how to play soccer that's <laughs> the easiest way to say it they just <laughs> they just forgot how to play soccer for about yeah. five minutes and that led to a five zero or a three zero loss the three minutes from hell yeah, <laughs> um, I couldn't keep up with yeah, all no. those highlights. It's just like one goal <laughs> went in. It was an own goal off Michael Box. Like, ah, yeah. oh, man, that stinks. And then literally right from the kickoff, Dallas takes it back and scores another one. He's like, what the hell's happening here? I didn't even look up for a second. Well, I, I, I ran into it since FIFA recently came out. Like the guy just isn't at his controller. So I just, from kickoff, I just run straight <laughs> down, shoot. And it's like, yeah. all right, sweet. I scored 10 seconds in. Um, That's Minnesota. <laughs> they just walked away from the from the tv that's that's all they do yeah. um so i i totally removed that three minutes from the season and they <laughs> they in my mind they drew at home and then they won on the road to one so um i i think they have dallas figured out of all the first round matchups they could have had it's about as good as they probably could have gotten um and because I, I think dallas is a good enough team to where they're like they're able to win but it's not going to be a oh well they you know they were supposed to beat them type thing. They're the, they're the lower seed. They're going to be able to go down there. I think they're going to be able to put up a pretty good fight. Um, and I hope by this time next week, I'm not eating my own words here, but I, I think they're going to be able to make not easy work, but easy enough work. It's not going to be like a a hair pulling out type of game. It's not going to be super maddening. I think you're going to watch them and say, okay, this team, they're in control. I think they're going to be the better team uh, on Monday night. Do you think like six? You think like six nil, AJ? <laughs> Try seven. Okay, Hang on to that for write that down. Seven rip. Dan's just trying to get bunt singles here at this point. He's trying to bait us. I'm, in. Looking, for, I'm looking for anything. <laughs> go to. We will get those scores in a little bit, uh, boys. MLS Soccer Major League Soccer Soccer dot com posted their tier rankings for uh, the playoffs this year. And they have Minnesota in the fourth tier. The first tier is the favorites, Philadelphia Union and LAFC. Go figure, because the two best teams in each conference. Right. Uh, Philadelphia Union, I think, are truly the favorites. LAFC, eh, a little bit more shaky. Strong contenders, Minnesota are not in that one. The next <laughs> tier, tier three, is they've got an argument. And tier four, where Minnesota are at, are it's called somebody's got to go supernova for it to happen. <laughs> and I feel like that actually might be correct. You might need Emmanuel Reynoso to be like league MVP Emmanuel Reynoso like he was a couple years ago in the playoffs to, to make yeah. it happen. I'm not saying that they can't beat FC Dallas because FC Dallas are in the same exact tier as Minnesota. And I agree with you guys. They should be the better team on Monday based off the way they played last night or on Sunday, as well as, you know, all throughout July and August. If you can get that form back, you're easily the better team. I'm not concerned too much about it. Um, I would say that that's probably correct. You're going to have to have Emmanuel Reynoso do incredibly Emmanuel Reynoso things. You're going to have to have him live up to the benchmark that everybody has called him one of the best, if not the best playmaker in the entire league. He's going to have to do that for this team in the playoffs for them to go on a magical playoff run. 
Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with that. Rank them, rank them as the worst team in the playoffs. All that does is just motivate players. Players love being doubted. Players love having people write things that they don't have a chance. And uh, go for it. Yeah, write it up because they're they're put in that category because and they deserve to be in that category because of the horrible six game stretch they had at the end yeah. of the season. So you know what? Fine, prove them wrong and 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 just keep winning matches. Uh, for the next few weeks, and and that's fine. It's it's I don't know. I think I think players sometimes I think players sometimes really like being the underdog. I think it's a completely different mood in a locker room as compared to someone like Austin, where they uh, they were pretty consistent all season. They were you know locked in that number two spot long time ago, right? Well, yeah, there's a lot right, of yeah. pressure on them in that mm-hmm. playoff game. There is a lot of pressure. They aren't going to have near as much fun unless they get an early lead as Minnesota might. So um, I don't know. I'd, I'd say take that role and, and go with it. Yeah, live it. So, yeah, the mentality there when you're the lower seed and you're getting not written off because obviously they're in the playoffs and everything like that, but um, they have nothing to lose. So they can have that rallying cry. And I mean, how many yeah. times do you see a movie made about? the number one seed that wins every single game and they're just way better than everybody else. It's not motivating. It's hard to have people, unless you're like that through your entire life, it's hard to like get yourself in that mindset to know how to deal with that type of adversity, unless you do it over and over and over And this team. And and especially, I don't, I don't think Dallas um, maybe know how to feel like that going into this matchup on Monday as the higher seed, you know, they're expected to win. Um, I think Minnesota is going to relish the opportunity to go in there, shut up any critics that maybe are writing them off or thinking they have to go supernova. And I think for the for the record in regards to that, I think they're maybe fringe tier three, but you have to <laughs> you have to put them in four. I don't think I don't think Emmanuel <clears throat> also has to channel his inner messy or anything, but I think he needs to elevate his game. Luis Samaria needs to elevate his game. Fragapani, they need to just elevate their game and maybe move back to the phase that we saw in that month of July. Um, Emery needs to score for the first time since August. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hence elevating his game. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think with the mentality of being the underdog and everything like that, it benefits them. It's a lot easier to settle into that just because of how much like subliminal stuff that you've had over the course of the lifetime of, we know how to go about this. We are, you know, we're here to ruin everybody else's day and they should yeah. be able to ruin the party for, for Dallas. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, taking a look at the rest of the playoff field, at least in the Western conference, we don't really care too much about the Eastern conference until the MLS cup final. And then we'll talk about it. If, if we get that far, but uh, we'll talk about that at a later date. Uh, the Western conference bracket breaks out with LAFC getting the first round by good luck to them dealing with that <laughs> because we know that's been tricky in the past. They will get either the winner or they'll get the winner of LA Galaxy hosting Nashville SC. And by God, I am hoping it is the LA Galaxy. So we get an <laughs> LA Derby in the playoffs, in the conference semifinals, and we can see if LAFC can finally not break down in a single single elimination <laughs> knockout tournament like they have pretty much every single time in the past. I'm I'm doubting LAFC can do it because they just haven't done it in the past. It's pretty much the same squad, except for they brought in Gareth Bale, who played what, 12 times and only started two times, only scored two goals, didn't really contribute much. They LAFC were better without Gareth Bale than they were with him. 
And you brought in Giorgio Chiellini, who can't go a full 90 minutes. He's just too old at this point. So that's a that's a squad that did a midseason overhaul, bringing in a bunch of talent. But it didn't really work. Like, they were better with the squad they had at the beginning of the season. And I don't know that that's good, a good thing for LAFC going into the playoffs. Tell you what they have going for them is that they're going to go in, just like we were talking about, who's the pressure on in that match? It's going to be on, it's going to be on Nashville, right? Uh, I think it's on LA Galaxy because they're the home team. Yeah, I just think that Nashville had such a, I don't want to say an amazing season, but I think they at times looked like they really belonged uh, in the top four. They didn't finish that way, but I just I just feel like at home, LA Galaxy, Nashville, yeah, I don't know. I, I expect, I don't know, I, I would pick LA Galaxy to win that one. I, I think know. it'll be a good match. I don't know actually who has the pressure in that match because both teams didn't really play like they deserved a home playoff game, but they were there because essentially Minnesota bombed out the last six weeks. And it feels like both those teams (laughs) might've just snuck into where they were in the standings. And now one of them has to host and it's LA galaxy. I honestly don't know who has the pressure on them because LA galaxy, what four weeks ago were outside of the playoffs looking in because they had played so poorly mm-hmm. and they played themselves into it in the last couple of weeks. And Nashville kind of just been hovering around the middle of the playoff race all season long. So they're kind of where they should be. And LA galaxy just get to host it. I, I honestly couldn't tell yeah. you thinking about it. Who has, who has the pressure on them? Uh, the team that does have the pressure in them on them in the other match, Austin FC hosting Real Salt Lake is absolutely Austin. They've played like a completely changed team from the one we saw last season in their first season. Uh, third highest goal scoring team in the league this season. They will host a Real Salt Lake side for the second, who for the second straight season uh, won their way into the MLS Cup playoffs on decision day. And as a seven seed, once again, they will go into the playoffs with no chances of hosting a game. And they will probably play the same defensive minded soccer they did last season in the playoffs, which got them to a conference finals uh, berth last year playing incredibly defensive soccer. At one point, I think they beat Seattle in one of the rounds. I can't remember if it was first or second round, but they beat Seattle, not shooting a single shot, not a shot on target, a single shot in regulation and extra time and one on penalties. (laughs) That's how ridiculously defensive minded they were. They didn't care about offense. They cared about not letting the other team score and hoping David Ochoa could prevent the other goal scorers on the penalty kicks from going in. And I think they're probably going to do that again. A good luck against an Austin side that just seems so confident in the attack. That that'll be that'll be a match that'll be fun to watch as long as it stays scoreless. But if if Austin cracks that defense and gets the scoring started, it might be over with quickly. That could be you know a one sided game, or it could be right down to the last minute. So I think that'd be a fun one to watch. In terms of just where they are and like the side of the bracket, I think Minnesota they're on the correct side for the West at least because yeah. I think they can I think they can beat Dallas and then I'm still not sold on Austin. I don't there's the the final month or so they they it seemed like they kind of had the same performances as Minnesota where they just couldn't they couldn't really like establish their dominance as a two seed. Um, in Real Salt Lake, they're a gritty club, so. If if they make it through, I think both teams are just you know. I think both matchups they could win. I just wouldn't want to be on the side where they're going to have to eventually face an LAFC. And I think LA Galaxy is going to win, um, not very handedly, but it'll be they clearly controlled the game um, over Nashville just because I I'm I'm not sold on Nashville's offense despite 
you know, having the talent that they do there. Um, I, I, I would not want to be on that top half of the bracket. So Minnesota might have the better side to get to the conference finals. And mm-hmm. I think it's uh, I think it's a clearer road than if they were on that opposite side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of Austin, they have won once in their last seven matches. So similar to very similar to Minnesota, that one win was yeah. a three nil win against Real Salt Lake at home. So it's the last time they've tasted success. Success was a three nil win against Real Salt Lake. So they'll have to channel that again this coming weekend. I'm not sure when that game is, but that's the Western conference and how that breaks down boys. Looking at the rest of the league uh, news came out yesterday that Columbus crew uh, parted ways with Caleb Porter just two years after winning MLS Cup. They missed out on the chance to go to the playoffs this season on decision day when they lost to Orlando. Visiting Orlando, they lost to Orlando on the road, and they went into the day in the final playoff spot and lost it to the team that was just below them in the standings. So Columbus part ways with one of the more successful and up and down, actually, coaches in Major League Soccer and Caleb Porter, one of the most memeable coaches in Major League Soccer with <laughs> his uh, rants and tirades that he can do on the sidelines every once in a while. But that is a coach that will be on the market. I'm not sure which team will pick him up, but there will be plenty of teams, should they want him, that will come calling because he is a good coach. Very, very volatile coach, though. Is that that's probably you probably answered my next question. You, you know, you had success with him. Why are you moving on? You know, I, I don't know that that, type of coaching uh can sustain long periods of time i think it's tough to keep the room you know absolutely is and that's kind of what portland or that's what portland figured out back in the day and then columbus figured out as well despite giving him uh bundles of cash to go rehaul that roster and they did and they won an mls cup two years ago in the COVID season uh it just hasn't worked out since despite having probably one of the more talent-laden rosters in the eastern conference and they miss out so it it I would assume Columbus fans probably feel it's deserved that they're moving on their parting ways. They're going a different direction, but we will see there. You guys want to get to the bloodbath that is the predictor and write that down? <laughs> you better, you better dig up, roll, roll up your sleeves, let us go. All right, since I wasn't here last week to do an accountability session on either of them, we've got plenty to wrap up here. Uh, let's start with the predictor. Dan, you have a lot coming off the board because just – just just scenarios for reasons why you have a lot coming off the board. Uh, let's see here: one, two, three, four, five, six wrong in your department. You got one one completely right. You said one nil Montreal over DC. That happened a couple weeks ago, and then this week you predicted LA Galaxy would get a three nil win over Houston. They got a three one win, so you get a point there. And then you said FC Dallas would get a two nil win over Sporting Kansas City. It was a two one win, so you get two points there, or you get so another close. point there. You get four points on the weeks, multiple weeks there. Uh, so you get, um, you are up to 36 points now. AJ, going back over to you, last week you said Rail, or Rail Salt Lake and Portland would draw 1-1. It was a 3-1 win for Rail Salt Lake. So you don't get a point there. You said Vancouver would win uh, in a 2-1 win over Minnesota. That didn't happen. It was 2-0 for Minnesota, as you knew. The reverse and- jinx worked. Yeah, the reverse thing to work. Exactly <laughs> what you wanted. And then you said FC Dallas would get a 1-0 win over Sporting Kansas City. As I already mentioned, it was a 2-1 win, so you get a point there. But since your points count double, you get two. So you're up to 24. And the last time I made predictions, I pulled an offer. I pulled Dan, as we like to call it. What? Pulled so many offers <laughs> this oh, season. What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was in the vocabulary. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> 
I didn't get any right, so I don't get any points. So that leaves after the regular season, our standings 42 for me, 36 for Dan, and 24 for AJ. So playoff bound races, here we come. How long we do this? Who knows? It's up to Minnesota United how long we keep going. So uh, AJ, since you are in last place, I will let you go first, picking first round playoff games. All right. My first one, I already said I am confident in in them uh, previously. So I'm going to go LA Galaxy over Nashville, two to one. All right. I like it. You son of a... (laughs) I love when Jonathan lets me go first. Dan? He's having to redo his picks here. Yep. (laughs) Waiting. I had had LA Galaxy 2-1. So I'm going to flip that. I'm going to go Nashville 2, Galaxy 1. Ooh, I like this. It's going to flip it on you. I like this. Uh, I'm not going to pick that match because you guys already have chosen both things that can happen. (laughs) So I'm going to choose a different match. I am going with a FC Cincinnati over New York Red Bulls win in their first ever playoff match because why not? FC Cincinnati are red hot right now. They can't stop scoring. It is going to be a 2-1 FC Cincinnati win in their first ever playoff appearance. Are we all going to pick 2-1 scores? Is that what's going to happen here? It's the no. playoffs. Things don't really go crazy, do they? Well, it is the most common score in MLS. So. Yeah. All right. AJ? <laughs> uh, then my next pick is going to take a leap across the conferences to the east. And I think New York FC will beat Miami 3-1. to one. Ooh. Yeah, that's probably that's probably right. Yeah. Maybe more. Dan? Maybe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm going to pick Austin over Real Salt Lake. And I, I've been really struggling with this score, but I think Austin's going to be able to score three times. I think it's going to end up three to one. Austin over Real Salt Lake. All right. I'm going to go Real Salt Lake over Austin, but not in what? regulation. Ooh, I'm going, they're what? going to penalty kicks, and Austin will win it, or Real Salt Lake will win it four to three on penalty kicks. So they'll have, they'll make four penalty kicks to Austin's three. Okay, you don't get bonus points for that, you know. No, but okay. if that's the correct score, <laughs> that's a hell of a prediction. <laughs> All right, oh. final one, Minnesota versus Dallas. All right, AJ? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flash back to earlier this season when they went down to Frisco. This is good. I'm, I'm glad I'm going first because I feel like you guys might have this one too. Minnesota 2, Dallas 1. Come on, two, man. One. Come on. Come right. on, man. Okay, and- I'm going to go I'm gonna go Minnesota 2, Dallas 0. Nil. Man, you guys are trying to box me into going big, aren't you? Yeah. It's not going to happen. Go one nil have? Minnesota. One nil Minnesota. There we go. I like it. I like the chance one of one of us getting Minnesota. it right. There we go. All right. That has been the predictor. Time for write that down. Buckle in, boys. We've got a lot to go through here on the <laughs> accountability a- session. Uh, let's warm up my vocal cords because this is going to be a long session of <laughs> – accountability let's start off with the listeners they actually had one come off the board unfortunately Woo-hoo! it was the incorrect column connor a couple weeks ago said robin load will finish the season top three in goals this season he was one shy uh he came up short robin load did of getting in there um aj you had the second least let's start off with the negatives why don't we quite a bit always. i'm sure yeah, quite a bit always. quite a bit for everybody so <laughs> don't feel bad uh you said everton will be the final club in the premier league to not have a win this season they were pipped by a couple days by Leicester, so uh, sorry, bud. I mean, they yeah. they got the win a couple days before Leicester did, so Everton have now got two wins on the season. They're flying yeah. high, the flying Frank Lampards in Everton. 
Uh, Andy Greeter, whose picks count is count for yours, said Minnesota will finish the season in fourth place. Minnesota very narrowly did. They almost did. They were in fourth place for a couple minutes on decision day, which for, was for a moment. Yeah. Uh, he also said Robin Lloyd will join the attack full time before the season ends. He barely joined the team full time before the season ended, so uh, <laughs> he doesn't get the point there. AJ, you for some reason said Josh Sargent will score at least a goal in the <laughs> September window. He did not. Uh, you also said Emmanuel Reynoso will score against Vancouver. He did not. He assisted, but yeah. he did not score. And then you said Erling Holland will score a hat trick against Southampton. He only scored one, but uh, it was good enough for my fantasy team. So I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> the set and forget FCs. Uh, you did have two come off the board in the correct column, though, AJ. Yeah. You said Minnesota United will finish in a playoff spot, but not a home playoff spot. That was very narrow from not happening at all because <laughs> yeah. they had fourth place in the bag for a couple minutes before LA Galaxy decided to wake up against Houston. On the sandwich pick. Yeah. And then you said Minnesota will not need a win to clinch a playoff spot. Technically, they didn't because they could have drawn and gotten mm-hmm. into the playoffs that way. So That's true. we will give you the point there. So you are up to 12 goals. On the season, AJ, with two right. goals still left to play. Those are both World Cup picks. And then the three that you make today. So, Dan, let's get to you, buddy. Let's do it. You had the third least or the third most uh, or the second most come off the board this week. Let's start all the way back near the beginning of the season. You said Chicharito will end the season leading the West in goals. I think he was second in the West behind Hanny Mukhtar, who scored 18. Uh, so you don't get the point there. All right. You said Austin will not be in the top five of goals scored at the end of the season. They finished third in the league. I don't, I don't think I said that, but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> you said one that did come. I'm just going to go in order because if I try and go just okay. incorrect, that's I'll fine. Just get lost. Uh, you said at the beginning of the, or somewhere in the middle of the season, Reynoso will end the season with more goals than Darwin Quintero. He had Quintero had eight. Emmanuel Reynoso had 10, so you get a point there. You said Emmanuel Reynoso will finish the season with the most key passes. Uh, The last time I wrote this down or checked this, he would have needed 35 over the last two Uh, weeks, and that didn't happen as Carlos Hugo just – No, he fell off in that – that stat, he was flying high for a while. Yeah. Uh, You said Colorado, San Jose, Sporting Kansas City, and Vancouver will all stay out of the playoff spots for the rest of the season. They did that for you, so congratulations there. You get the point there. Uh, continuing on down the scrolling list, you said Nashville will not make the playoffs this season. They are the fifth place team in the MLS or in the Western Conference, so they are going to the playoffs. That, did that's say a LA- lie. That's a lie. I didn't say that. <laughs> you did say LAFC <laughs> will finish one and Austin will finish two. Congratulations. A point there. You said LAFC, one. Austin, MN, UFC will finish in the West one, two, three in that order. <laughs> Minnesota let you down there. You said uh, a response to one of mine. Uh, or Philadelphia will not score six goals in one game in the remainder of the season. Although <laughs> that almost came true that very next week when they yeah, put up five gift- against Orlando. I like it when you just gift wrapped a point for me. Thank you. Uh, you said Minnesota United will briefly fall out of the playoffs. And thanks to AJ for keeping track of this one. Cause Woo! it happened at like three in the morning where I was in Manchester <laughs> last Sunday for five minutes, <laughs> for five minutes, they were outside of the playoffs. So you get a point there. Congratulations. <laughs> I like that uh, you did one. say the rest coming off the board here are all negatives. You said Luis Amaria will lead to Minnesota in scoring for the rest of the season. He hasn't scored since August. Uh, Thanks, Dan Sinclair Luis. will have at least two clean sheets the rest of the season. He got his first clean sheet since July on Sunday. Was, uh, Minnesota yeah. will finish fourth place in the Western Conference. That didn't happen. Luis Amaria and Robin Lloyd will figure into the scoring for San Jose. No one figured into the scoring against San Jose. 
Uh, Miami and Portland will both not make the playoffs. Miami locked up their playoff spot before decision day. And then uh, Portland, though, did drop out of the playoffs. So congratulations to them. Uh, they have bigger problems to go going on right now, though. Uh, there will be five or more yellow cards and at least one red card Sunday versus Vancouver. There was one yellow card, two yellow cards, I think. One or two, yeah. It wasn't no. a very physical match. Uh, no, I was, then, I was drunk when I said that. Then you said there will be six or more shutouts on decision day. There was four. There was a hefty amount of shutouts, but not six. So. Not six. All right. That was you, Dan. So that puts you up to 25 goals on the season. Congratulations. That's a that's, that's a, a good run. amount. Now let's see what you had last season. You finished last season with 24, so you're already better off than last season. All right. So now, now onto me. I had 18 things come off the board this oh week. Oh, my. All right, I'm, I'm just going to come back in a little while. Okay? <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah. take a break. I got things to do. <laughs> All right. I said Luis and Maria will score double-digit goals this season. He had nine, so thanks for coming up one short there, buddy. Uh, I said the only team from last year's playoff final four to not make the playoffs this year would be Real Salt Lake. Well, Real Salt Lake made the playoffs. New England, on the other hand, were the only team not to do it. So thanks, New England. Oh, and I think – no, Seattle wasn't in the final four. Uh, I said Carlos Vela will have more goals than Chicharito by the end of the season. Chicharito had 18, 16 or something, and Vela had 12. Emmanuel Reynoso will lead the league in primary assists at the end of the season. He didn't come close to that. I did say, though, an American will finish in the top three of goal scorers this season, and thanks to seven different players scoring 18 goals, there we go, tied on – or. Jesus Ferreira and Brandon Vasquez were tied for 18, and Dan is actually leaving. I did not expect him to actually leave. He just left. Uh, Dane St. Clair will finish the season with the top save percentage in the league. Didn't happen. Uh, Gareth Bale will play over 10 matches for LAFC in the regular season this season, score over seven goals and over three assists. Well, he played 12, scored two, and assisted on none. AJ is just cracking up that Dan actually did leave. I think he's actually taking a bathroom break as we're watching him. Uh, I said at the end of the season, Minnesota will have two double-digit goal scores. That didn't happen. Came very close. Tati Castellanos, 13 goals will be good enough for top 10 this season. Tiebreakers make it so that he was eighth. Portland Timbers will not make the playoffs. That didn't happen, thankfully. Uh, Philadelphia will score at least six goals in one of their remaining matches this season. Didn't happen. Tyler Miller will not start a game before the season ends. That did happen, or that didn't happen, so I get a point there. Luis Samaria will score at least three goals in the final three matches of the regular season. Again, he hasn't scored since August, so I guess we're wrong there. We will see Minnesota start at least one match with a 3-5-2 before regular season finishes. That didn't happen. Uh, Josh Sargent will not score a goal in the September window. That did happen because he only played one match and played 13 minutes of it because he's Josh Sargent and he's not that good. Uh, and then I said Emmanuel Reynoso will score at least three goals in the final two games of the regular season. That didn't happen in the final two, Dan. Thanks for coming back. Uh, nice timing on that one. There will be at least one hey. clean sheet by the end of the regular season. Bang! Thank you, Dane St. Clair, for giving me a point there. And I said wow. Saint, or the Seattle Sounders, the tap in here, will not make the playoffs. I get a point there. So I'm up to 31 goals on the season, topping my mark of 25 last season. Whew. All right. That was a lot nice of work, everybody. Off the board. I we think my, my I think what I'm gonna do next year is just have a bunch throughout the year. It's just all gonna be like final week is when they come off. So then so I'm at like zero or one or two, and then yeah, and then it's a it's a 90 minute show where 60 minutes of it is just you going through. 85 oh different predictions that I got wrong. And then I still end up with like single digits. Oh my gosh. I yeah, that'd be really fun. <laughs> Hence why Dan got up and left. Uh, I know how the dog wanted to go out. Okay. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> he did. Sure. <laughs> All right. So 
So we'll we'll start in reverse order. AJ, you've got the least amount of goals, then Dan, and then me. So AJ, you start first this time. All right. And at the very yeah, and at the very end, uh Connor is looking to redeem himself because he reached out. He said he knows that uh Lud finished outside. He wants to get one for the World Cup before let's um, start with him then. Let's start with Connor since the listeners have still our goalless uh for the past two seasons, I believe. Connor is going to bet against the red, white, and blue. He thinks that Team USA will not even make it out of the group stage at Qatar. Wow. Unpatriotic. Write that down. Wow. Unpatriotic. Wow. Where is the faith in the red, white, and blue? Why does he team? hate America? Wow. <laughs> Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so appreciate, appreciate the listeners. Connor is secretly but... Justin Trudeau and voting for Canada. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to my first pick then. Uh, So on Monday, Luis Amaria, the the floodgates are going to open, or at least a little bit. They're going to crack open. The floodgates. He is going to score. He is going to score against FC Dallas. Write that down. Luis Amaria in the goal column. All right, Dan, you going to take this tap in? (laughs) Dan wants to so bad. (laughs) How bad do I need the points? Do I need them that bad? I do. How many behind me? Yes. uh, Luis Emery will not (laughs) score in Dallas. (laughs) Write that down because I didn't. (laughs) I'll write these down next Tuesday night when, when I'm getting ready for the podcast. Uh, write this down. Emmanuel Reynoso will score, not Luis Amory. That's not part of it, but Emmanuel Reynoso will score against FC Dallas. Write that down. Okay. There you go, AG. There's an AJ. There's an Come opening. On. Do it, AJ. <laughs> Leaving it there for you. Bunt single. I can't wait till Monday comes around and it's like five minutes in. He just outside the box curls and one in and Dan's like, oh, what a goal. No. <laughs> That'll be part of the reason why he's swearing at the TV when he's not on the That's broadcast. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, that's why he's saying oh. Um, no, uh, I think Dallas is gonna try to pepper the net, but I think Dane St. Clair will record five or more saves on Monday night. Okay. Five or yeah. more saves. Okay. That's a pretty good number. I like that yeah. one. Good it's, one. It's not it's not a tap in, but I think uh, I I don't think it's totally outlandish. Uh so here's my number two. Uh first round of the playoffs. So there are six matches between the east and the west. There will be three. Lower seed wins. No, half way. of the matches. You did not just say that. Yes, I did. Oh. AJ had what? had that same thing. <laughs> I, I well, you <laughs> can tell I, it. I you have it. options now, AJ. I had at least three higher seeds will lose. <laughs> yeah, you have okay. options now. Go for I, it. Write I, that I, down. I, hmm. All right. Hey, uh, <laughs> I love this. This is Jonathan. This is too good. You're gonna leave it. You're gonna leave it set there for AJ. I'll leave it for AJ. I'm okay. I'm ahead. I, I've got plenty to. I've got plenty of goal. I've got a good goal lead here. Nobody uh, likes cockiness. This, too late for that. You guys gave me a six goal lead. Too late. This giant head got bigger. <laughs> yeah, mascot. Or a Funko Pop. Uh, write this down, boys. LAFC will not make it to the conference final. The Western Conference Finals. Write that down. They will lose in the in their first playoff game to whoever they face. I think I already have a write that down that they're in the conference uh, in the MLS cup. So I, I've already countered that. Yep. <laughs> AJ. AJ. All right. So this one is totally original. 
and I've had this one <laughs> written down for quite a while. Um, I think that in the first round of the playoffs, less than three lower seeds will win their matchups. <laughs> Good totally move. original. Well played. Totally original. Well played, my friend. Well played. Dan, so. your final one of the day? Um, I would love to counter yours, Jonathan, but I really already have. So I, that would just yeah. be a repeat pick for me. So, all right, six matches. I'm going to go back to all six matches in the first round of the playoffs. There will be two, pick them all? two or fewer clean sheets. Two or fewer clean sheets in round one. Okay. Write that down. Uh, write this down, boys. The final write that down of the week. Six matches, as you guys have pointed out a couple times here in the first round of the MLS Cup playoffs starting this weekend. There will be at least two games that go to penalty kicks. Write Ooh. that down. You should have done that earlier. No, I that, was saving that, that was, for last. Oh, man, you should have done that earlier. <laughs> I know how to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> That has been a very extended version of Write That Down. This has been Loon Talk. Hopefully we never have that long of an accountability session again. There's 52 minutes you'll never get back. Yep, you're not getting those back, listeners. Uh, That's been Loon Talk. A victorious Loon Talk this week as as the Loons make the playoffs. Again, that broadcast, the radio broadcast of MNUFC traveling down to Dallas for the round one matchup in the 2022 MLS Cup playoffs. Uh, can be heard on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app. Pre-match starting at 8 p.m., kickoff just after 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Can't wait to have you join us. Uh, myself, Cal Williams, and Kindred Sinabin on the call for that one. Dan will be at home drinking and swearing like he does normally during the broadcast, but you just can't hear him swearing or drinking because hey, there's a new a button secret. that we hit. That's a secret. We've gotten really good with that uh, with that uh, sensor button back in yep. the studio. That's right. <laughs> That's why we brought AJ on, on board the show because he got really good with it. He's got a quick, uh, quick sensor finger. Can you say that on the podcast? I great. I got a great trigger finger. <laughs> All right, boys. That's been Loon Talk for this week. Good stuff this week. We will talk to you next Tuesday night because the game is Tuesday. Monday night. So we will wait till Tuesday night once again to record and recap. Hopefully a Loon's win, and hopefully yeah. we will know who they are playing. And hopefully it's Real Salt Lake because that means a home playoff game for the Loons, which would be exciting. Wouldn't that be amazing after oh, all this? Come Wouldn't on. That'd be incredible. That'd Give me great. another home playoff game when it's cold and fun. freezing here in Minnesota. That'd be fun. Yeah. Bring right. it. Boys, we will talk to you next week. Loons fans, we will talk to you next week as well. See ya. See ya. Hi, this is Daniel Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see how it can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions.
Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.